Hey everybody, uh, so it's been a minute since we've been able to go live on Facebook. Um, you know, we've been filling in with the guys down there at South Point Church in Knoxville, and it's been it's been a blessing. I think on both sides, um, there's been you know some some good services there, been some good time, and you know it's something we've been enjoying. But you know, I definitely don't want to uh, put this ministry off. It's something that we've really enjoyed, so definitely want to come back with you guys tonight. Um, so if you're wanting to read with me tonight, I'm going to be reading out of the book of John. Um, we're going to be in John chapter 6, starting over in verse 60. So John 6, uh, verse 60, begins and it says, Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back, and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. So let's uh, begin in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Uh, for letting us come together tonight, Lord, to read from your word. And I just thank you for this message that you put in our hearts, Lord. I know that you know that someone has a need that will hear this, Lord. I just ask that you would just bless this message, spread it to wherever you would have it to go. And I just ask that you give me the words to say, that you would just give me the understanding and knowledge, and just give me that willpower to keep pushing forward and to keep pursuing this ministry that you have set us in, Lord. Thank you so very much for all the open doors and all the paths you have already created and put us on but god just continue to guide us forgive us for our sins where we fall short and all these things we ask in jesus precious holy name we pray amen so you know when i go into john 6 you know we're looking at you know jesus you know basically his whole ministry i mean you know we're, we're always learning something from him and you know even now you know, thousands of years later, you know, we're still learning things about Jesus. There's things that we won't fully understand until we are there in his presence and his, and his glory with him. So, you know, we're going to constantly be learning about the character of Jesus. Now, I found a lot of character coming into this scripture of something that um, some people kind of overlook, some people don't see, but... You know, we, we, we find that as Jesus is teaching, we found in verse 61 that some of his followers began to kind of question these things. And they were talking about it, talking amongst themselves. And Jesus asks a very simple question. And he says, does this offend you? 
So we find that Jesus had like the compassion on their feelings, you know, because he's asking them, okay, are you offended by my teaching? Are you offended by the things that I've said? And I think many of us has missed the mark as what Jesus was attempting to say here, because, you know, in today's church, in today's evangelism, we are like almost afraid to say some of those things that might offend people. I mean, we are living amongst very offensive people, very easily offended people. But, you know, when Jesus asked this question, yes, he had the compassion to say, you know, I do care about how you feel. But he didn't change his stance. He didn't change his teachings. But rather what he done is he challenged with a tougher question. And you go into verse 62 and it says, What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up to where he was before? In other words, you know, how I view this is Jesus said, you know, if this teaching of the Bible offends you, you're going to be offended by something else later. And if you can accept one part of the Bible, you're not going to accept another part of the Bible. And this was Jesus saying, you know, if you're offended by my teachings, then you're not truly giving everything to me. You're not truly believing in me and trusting in me and trusting in this word that I've given you. And, you know, that's where we still are now. I mean, people have just kind of like overlooked that fact of if we take one thing out or we compromise one thing, we've compromised it all. If we don't believe one thing, we don't believe any of it. And it's like one of those things that's like hard uh, for somebody to hear and they don't want to believe that. And that's what we, if we continue in the scripture, that's what we'll like kind of find because... You know, Jesus, he, he says, it's the spirit that quickeneth and the flesh will profiteth nothing. And he says that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Um, so, you know, many times we kind of let our, you know, because the Bible tells us not to lean on our own understanding. And I think that there's so many of us that try to do that. And if we do that, then we're leaning on our flesh. We're not leaning on the spirit of God to lead us into how we are to believe because, you know, we are to let the Spirit of God be the one to teach us. And too many people have relied you know, on man and relied on the laws that, the, that, that men and women have told them, like, this is how we are to be as Christians. But, you know, the, the deeper that I dive into the ministry that Jesus led, you know, you really begin to find that many people have really, like, distorted what Jesus was doing, his whole ministry. I mean, because... You know, here we are thousands of years later still talking of Jesus and the things that he'd done. Yet, Jesus focused on 12 people for those three years that he really developed everything we believe now. You know, as, as he pursued everything that we're still pursuing now, he focused on 12 people. And there's so many who, rather than focusing on making leaders, they, you know, they want to... You know, they don't want to follow Jesus. They don't want him to be their leader, but they want to be a leader. And that's what Jesus is getting into when he says, the flesh profiteth nothing, it's all spirit. If we have this like mindset of, I want people to follow me, I want people to hear me, I want people to hear how I preach, I want people to hear my teaching, I want people to see what I'm out in the world doing, or how I'm helping people, we're not letting that be for God. We're letting that be for us, whether we mean to do it or not. Because the flesh should profiteth nothing. You know, we should always point everything to God. We should point everything back to the Son who died for us. You know, we have nothing to do with that. And, you know, another thing, another part of that is, you know, as we look at people in the world, again, a lot of times we look at flesh rather than spirit. And, you know, there's that one important question 
or, or statement, I should say, that you know, if I can't change the way that somebody thinks, if I can't change the way that somebody addresses, if I can't change the way that someone speaks, how do I ever expect to change their heart? I will never change the heart of someone who is lost. I will never change the heart of someone who is saved, but I can give them over to the one who has that ability. So if we focus it on us, then we will fall short and we will fail. But if we focus on God and let God be uh, who, who, whatever everything points to, that's the only way we're going to have a successful ministry and a successful life uh, pursuing God's will. But, you know, kind of moving forward into verse 64, Jesus spoke and he said, there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And then in verse 65, it says that Jesus said, therefore, said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my father. So really what Jesus is saying here is you know he's looking at a crowd of people who are following him and he says some of you don't even believe. Some of you don't understand at all what it means to be a child of God. Some of you just don't get it. And he moves on in verse 65 and says you know, I say unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given in the hand of my Father. So in other words, he's saying you can't just decide to follow Christ. You can't just decide one day, hey, I'm going to be a Christian. Like God has to put you there. And, you know, in that sense, it's looking at, okay, well, you know, just to kind of break it down anyways, if I just wake up one day and say I'm going to follow Jesus, it's not going to be sincere, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fall short, and I'm going to get discouraged, and I'm going to, rather than continue to pursue my, this life with Christ, when something happens, the speed bump comes, I'll just completely give up on the faith. So that's why I'm saying, like, it has to be that sincere thing because if it's not, it will will fail every time. So he's saying, you know, God must call you. And put that perfect anointed time that you will give your life to me. You know, and you know, I look at, you know, when I was born again, it was that time of I didn't decide it, but God told me this is the time. And it's like I had that choice in that moment of I'm going to be selfish and continue to try to push on myself where I'm going to give it to God and say, I can't do it. And then at that point, it's like God gave me the opportunity and I took it. And, you know, I do believe God's going to give us more than one opportunity, obviously, but we're not promised tomorrow. So when that time comes, we should want to diligently take that. And, you know, many people don't get that. And that's why you have a lot of people in the world who think that they're saved but then you'll start to ask them questions about God, and they have no idea. And, you know, the Bible tells us to judge by the fruit that someone bears, if they're a Christian or not. You know, we can we can look at the knowledge that someone has or the love that someone has for others or the love that they have for God and the church, and we can tell if they understand it or not. So, you know, when Jesus said this to, to this crowd, he says that you know, God must actually call you to be a Christian, otherwise you just don't get it. And, and you're not born again, you don't believe. It says in verse 66 that from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, I don't think it was a mistake that this is in John 6, 6, 6. You know, we know that 666 is the number of incompletions, the number of the devil. And we found that when, that when this truth came out, that many people who follow Jesus didn't follow him after this. 
because they didn't want to hear that. And, you know, I do believe that, you know, because there's so many that walk in that path, you know, when the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, in that time, that judgment day, he'll say, be gone for I never knew ye. And he says that there's going to be many come to him and he's going to have to tell them that because many people fall into this group that believe not because they don't understand. So at this point, they walked away. So we look at this and really dissect this. It's easy for us to want to follow Jesus when he's performing miracles. It's easy for us to want to follow him when he's feeding us and when he's giving us things. But what if we take all that out? What about those times that we don't feel him? What about those times that we don't understand where he's taking us? What about those times that we don't see him? How do we love Jesus then? Because that is what you're going to know. Like that, That's your relationship with Christ. Do I trust him even when I don't think he's there? Even when I don't feel him, even when I don't understand, do I love him as much then as I do when he's given me all these blessings? And, you know, that's that's what really separates a true Christian from one of these people that doesn't believe. Is how do I continue to love God in those hard times? And, it, it you know, as we go into verse 67, this is like that time of us really knowing ourselves if, if we are truly his follower or not because in verse 67 jesus turned unto the twelve and said will ye also go away when the road gets hard will you also turn away from him will you also give up your faith will you also go back to the world will you also go back into sin but then in verse 68 it says simon peter answered and said lord to whom shall we go thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the faith that we should strive to have. When I have nothing else, when everything else has been stripped away, who else or what else would I ever want to go to? I have God. I have Christ. That is the spinal cord of my life. God isn't my spare tire. God is my engine. God is something that I can't run without. I must have him. That is the faith that we should strive to have. And in verse 70, Jesus answered, in, in, in this accordance of faith, Jesus answered and said, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil. And he was speaking of Judas, and we know of the things that Judas had done. But Jesus in this moment is saying that sometimes there's even people that he'll call. People that do know him who go into the world again and that go back into sin. Now I'm not, you know, this is one of those things it's like Jesus is kind of giving that invitation of I know who I've called and I know that you can love me. But I also know that there's some of them that's going to go back to the devil. There's some of them who are going to have this evil heart. So that was like that tough question of, Have not I chosen the twelve, and one of you is a devil? So it's like, we reflect on ourselves. So like, did I turn my back on Jesus even after he's chosen me? So it's like, do I follow Jesus selflessly? Or do I follow Jesus selfishly? Do I follow him when it's convenient for me? Or do I follow him when it's hard? Do I continue to follow him, you know, whether I'm in the valley or whether I'm in the mountain? And, you know, that's that, that, you know, how we really dive into how do I love God? Do I really, really follow him? Or do I follow this idea that I've created? Do I follow this idea that some church may have created for me? I don't believe in a prosperity gospel the way that a lot of people do now. 
Christianity and being a Christian, especially today, is a hard thing to do. But when we ask ourselves the same question that Jesus asked in verse 67, will I also go away when things get hard? Or will I continue in faith and continue in trust that when things get hard, I know that if I have nothing else, I'm going to have Christ. So that's what we need to reflect on as a Christian. Do we follow Jesus the right way? Are we following the true Jesus or are we following some false Jesus? Are we following a false God? Because Jesus isn't who some people paint him out to be. Jesus was selfless. And, you know, there was no reason that he should have died for me, but he chose to do it anyway. So it's like, he was selfless for me. Let me be selfless for him. So with all that said, I'm going to close out in prayer and I'm just going to leave it. Leave that and let God water whatever seeds have been planted. So with this, I thank you for joining us tonight. I thank you for hearing this message and I just thank you for for continuing to support us by watching us and uh, just listening to me. I know sometimes I might ramble a little bit, but you know, I just want to do God's will and I want to make sure that whatever message he's given us, we are obedient in teaching that message and bringing it for you. So let us uh, finish out in prayer. Thank you again for joining us. And I hope that this has helped you and encouraged you. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so very much for bringing us uh, together again tonight. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for the words that you have given me to speak tonight. Thank you for this truth, you know, the hard truth that you give us sometimes, uh, you know, those things that we need, Lord. I just thank you so much for that. And I thank you for, you know, helping me to have the understanding and helping me to, you know, just be able to read your book with the open mind of just following you and letting you guide me through this, Lord. God, I ask that you forgive us for our sins where we fall short. Be with every person who's listened tonight and just continue to guide us all in your word and your will. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you. Thank you and trust you. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.